everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It'll probably be a slightly shorter episode tonight since we don't have a lot of time to record, but we wanted to get one in before one of us has to travel and we'll be off the grid for a little while. So here we go. And it's and it's not the one that you would expect. No, which leaves you with one suspect. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know us well enough, you know exactly who is going to be doing the traveling. Yeah, you have a 100% chance of guessing correctly instead of 50. Well, I feel like they might not know. They might be new. We've had some new oh, people. Oh, that's true. Hi, new people. Thank you for listening and, to our weird podcast. And the other person hasn't really been traveling a lot lately. Yeah. So I think I think that's a fair a fair game to play with them. The mystery. It's dun, basically dun, a game dun. of guessing heads or tails. That's not a fun game. Like, if I played a game with a kid and I flipped a coin, I was like, hey, kid, guess heads or tails. Your reward is nothing. Like, that's not a fun game. All right. Well, guess the right answer and I'll send you a sticker. Oh, all right. Yeah, I guess so. The first person, whenever we drop the podcast to guess correctly, tweet at the account and Gab will send you a sticker. Yeah. Um, just which one of us is doing the traveling next week. Crap. That's a that's. That's not a fun game. Well, yes. Who Who is doing the traveling in the very near future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Gab, what are you drinking? Water. I'm still at work. Oh. Although, although that's not, like, a causation as to why I'm drinking water, um, because I could be drinking cider or beer. Um, I have a little bit of a tummy ache. I, I went and got ice cream this afternoon, and it didn't sit all that well, so my stomach's a little upset. Oh. Yeah. What are you enjoying over in Baston? Uh iced tea. Iced tea. You've been drinking the iced tea a lot lately. Is that a is that a southern thing? It's a it's hot and I want something sweet and cold thing. Hmm. So you have sweet tea? That's what iced tea should be. It's you don't you shouldn't have to specify between sweetened and unsweetened. Oh. I bet you I bet you people bait I don't drink tea. Uh-huh. Um so I, I don't know these things. My mom always made tea in the window. She would put like the tea bags in the jar mm. and make like sun tea. I'm born in the South, so it's all sweet tea to us. Um, all right. People in the North don't know how to cook with flavors. So of course they have their sad leaf water. Leaf water. But wasn't tea like invented in Boston? No, I think it was invented in China. I'm pretty sure the Boston Tea Party was like the invention of tea. No, that was like the invention of freedom. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you to laugh already. We laugh together all the time. Let's just... <laughs> all right. Do you want to I... ta- talk about NWSL or not? Yeah, let's talk about NWSL. How about... How about um, do you want to talk about current events or do you want to talk about um the thing that happened in rochester let's talk about the thing that happened real quick because i think it's been on a lot of people's minds this past week the week before this one yeah i mean it's just it's i so what happened was rochester's um stadium that they normally play in was having a concert that night i believe it was tlc it was tlc I know, right? It just makes the story so much better. And uh, so the Flash knew that they had to relocate the match. And I guess Rochester is not a stadium-rich city. So they actually used a baseball stadium. But rather than doing what 
other teams do when they play soccer on baseball, which is bring in like artificial surface to cover first base or third base or second base or whatever, like however the field end up, ends up getting set up. Um, the Flash were just going to play partially on dirt uh, until somebody decided that wasn't a great idea and there was no real course correction other than to say, let's just have them play in the outfield. Like, I was actually kind of wondering, like, why didn't they develop a new game where they just play entirely in the outfield? Like, no straight lines. Like, it would have been the same amount of unprofessional, or maybe even more. Like, the only way this could have been worse for the Flash is if they legit were just like, so you see the entire outfield? That's our area of play. And there's, like, a bend to it. (laughs) But they're still going to say, like, that's the field. So now we have like this warped field where you're not allowed to pass the ball from like one side to the other without it going out of bounds, you know? So players have to like kind of play like a golf course. In the bend. Yeah. It's like a dog leg. In the bend. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's the only way it could have been actually worse. I mean, the field was crooked. It, It was crooked. And it was because they couldn't go on the infield. It was like an infield's worth of distance between the audience and the game. It was like if you were trying to watch a baseball game, everything was only happening in the outfield, right? It's it was so weird. Fallout. All, a lot of players complain. Some of the national team players start tweeting. Megan Rapinoe is so sassy. She's like, apology not accepted to Jeff Plush after he puts out this terse little statement the night of uh, NWSL goes into, you know, week long thorough review. And then it ends with the flash get fined an undisclosed amount. And I believe that's probably going to go to us soccer's charity, just like other fines to the league. Yeah. It's not actually going to go to like making the league better at all. It's going to no. go to the us soccer foundation. going to Take money out of the flash's pocket and give it to admittedly a charity foundation, but whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the flash issue, this very robotically worded statement was like, so sorry, it'll never happen again. And, but you think the Flash shouldn't have been fined. Well, it's not that I don't think the Flash shouldn't have been fined, but it's that, like, that was it. And NWSL basically was like, it won't happen again. When the reality of the situation is, like, when you read Laura Harvey's account, there's over a month time between when she was like told hey there's this there's concert there's conflict we're going to relocate it to when it actually got relocated i'm like where is the security blanket that teams who go to roster rochester can call on to know that something like this isn't going to happen or to any city like to me stuff like this if i were laura harvey i wouldn't have fielded the team and would have pushed back to see what NWSL would have done. And granted, the the rain probably would have gotten a fine. But then you you push back even more and say, well, we're not we're not letting that be a forfeit. I mean, granted, Seattle lost anyway, but we're not going to let it be a forfeit. Like we want to play this game, but on a legitimate surface. And I think it, it gives even more credence to players needing a player union. What I think this does is it illustrates like a glaring lack of transparency in the league because here was my question so let's assume the flash did everything correctly and that paul riley going to laura harvey at 5 30 what like an hour and a half before kickoff and saying i gave her an out um was you know 
uh, an actual out for her and she went to the field and was like, okay, I can't field a team here. And like, I have concerns about the field and possibly player safety. What uh-huh. would have been the consequences for that? Because you just said they probably wouldn't, fi- but we don't know. With the, what are the rules about forfeits? I put in a question to the league and apparently that's part of their ops manual, which is not public, and they wouldn't disclose it. Uh-huh. So did Laura Harvey, I mean, she flat out said that's not a decision I can make to essentially forfeit. And I don't think it's a case of the owner of the reign calling her up and being like, Laura, you better fucking play this game and win some points or else I'm going to blow. That doesn't seem to be the case. Bill Predmore doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Right. right. So what were the pressures involved that essentially created a situation where when Laura Harvey saw this field at the last minute, she felt she had no recourse but to play the game? It just feels like there's overarching issues here with the league and how things like this work and how people are supposed to report issues and how oversight happens that A, allowed it to get to this point and then B, forced the game to be played even though one of the coaches might have had some strenuous objections. Totally, totally. And I just, it's it's incredibly frustrating because it's like two steps forward, one one giant fall backwards. Right. Because then the other component is this is the only major media that the NWSL has received so far this year. Which, to be fair, part of it is bigger media organizations don't want to give women's soccer any airtime or inches or column space unless it's some kind of fiasco and they can get clicks for it. That's when, that's the only time they recover women's soccer. It's either a major sure. tournament or some shit has gone terribly wrong. And nothing in between. Nothing in between. Yeah, but that's but NWSL is aware of the media landscape. They know that, you know, shit like this gets amplified. So why, why not have better oversight? Uh, or if there was oversight, then that implies to me that the Flash like told a bold faced lie in order to get away with this field. You know? Yeah, there's there's no oversight. This is the exact same as going saying that officials went to Hawaii to check out the field when you know, weeks in advance or something like that, and it never happened. Yeah. I think The Flash came up with the best plan they could within their weird, like, we gotta play at this field because of the history mentality. Um, Even though University of Rochester apparently seats 5,000 and has a soccer-specific stadium. Well, that's Go figure. And, you know, a live stream from there probably wouldn't have been much worse than the one we got from Frontier Field. So I just don't see... What, when we cut it, And they could have even, like, done themselves a favor and moved the cameras closer. Yeah. And made it not so apparent that we're watching a game in the outfield. Yeah. So I think The Flash made some critical missteps, but the entire way, NWSL was like, that absent-minded parent was like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, don't bother me. Yeah, whatever, whatever, okay, just, you know, don't bother me. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if your screw-up kid does something wrong under the impression that they have your permission the whole way, who's really at fault? Your your screw-up kid or you for not paying attention to your screw-up kid? Well, I mean... Is your screw-up kid really a screw-up kid, or is your screw-up kid, like, a good kid that just screwed up once? And is your screw-up kid actually smart enough to know that what they were doing might have been a little bit hinky, or not great? yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's more nuance to it than the example, but yeah, I I do think NWSL is partly at fault here, and and the apology that the Flash put out, um, kind of belittles that. Maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like NWSL needs to take more responsibility. You know. I I just don't know what the solution is other than saying okay, you guys have to redo. Which like I don't know if I would feel better if that was like the result of this. Yeah, and people have asked about a redo, and I think it's just not feasible because problems with scheduling. They got to get another venue. Could they live stream it? Are they going to have to pay for the cost of live streaming an extra game? Um, you know, would they do it in in Seattle, or would they have to come back to Western New York? And that means one way or another, hauling one team all the way to another coast. You know, an expense that they wouldn't have planned for from the beginning. So hey, NWSL's been racking up some fines from teams and coaches. Yeah, but it all goes to the charity. Well, I'm just saying that at some point, you know, you have to take care of operating expenses before you can be a charitable organization. Um. NWSL did just pick up a new national sponsor, Cutter Bug Spray, so maybe they could get some of that bug spray money. Bug spray money. Hey, your team just picked up a national sponsor, or a local sponsor, a, a tiny little brewery. Yeah, um, you might not have heard of it. It's this beer called Bud Light. Do you want to wait for the cops to come pick you up? <laughs> Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just in my office, like right downtown, so... Are you rob? I think you're robbing a bank. You're doing a podcast <laughs> from the middle of a bank robbery. That's cool. I am. I am. I'm. I'm in my getaway car right now. <laughs> the cops are chasing you. Well, yeah. Drive while I'm drive carefully. A it's just like OJ. That's why the podcast is so short because we we only have the gotta, length of your I getaway. I got to go. I got literally. To go. Yeah, Breakers picked up Bud Light, so they joined the likes of the Rain, who got Microsoft, and FC Casey got Domino's. I think there's another team that got a big, big name spot. I can't remember, but yeah. Um, I think what happened here is U.S. Soccer has a partnership with Anheuser Busch, and maybe the Breakers might have leaned on that pre-existing connection to get their foot oh. in the door and shake some hands. That sounds good to me. Which is fine by me. I I just I Breakers can't be choosers. I totally get that. But man, there's so many better beers than <laughs> Bud Light. I immediately had like half a dozen people in boston be like what sam adams Hello? right like stop by their brewery and just be like so guys or harpoon harpoon would Wait. go really well with breakers yeah so i think what this past week or so has kind of illustrated is that it, right now it feels like the league like the front office overall feels kind of weak although one thing that is become very very clear is of course the commissioner serves at the pleasure of the team owners oh absolutely so you know how much can we really yell at jeff plush here the answer and is so a lot. then i say who's serving at the pleasure of the players yeah player union i don't know if um you read the article that i wrote up for excel but i got to talk to keelan winters about players unions and right? she had a lot to say about why maybe one hasn't been formed until now. I thought I read that one. Yeah. I mean, long story short, because no one player has been motivated enough to like kick everybody else's butts into gear to make the players' union. Um, right. And it's and it's also team by team, because as Keelan pointed out in the rain, they have a really good situation, and probably some of the MLS-funded teams feel fine. And then the smaller independent teams where things might not have been great 
for example, look at Zakia Bywater's tweets about the Red Stars, maybe they weren't able to drum up the support they needed from the other players to form a union, which kind of sucks, doesn't super make everybody look great. And Keelan also pointed out there's a money problem. Unless you can get a labor lawyer to represent you pro bono, you know, how Somebody's got to foot the bill. Yeah, how can you ask someone who makes 10 grand a year to put enough in the pot with dues to pay a lawyer? All right, how many players do we have in the NWSL? Like about 240, 250, I want to say. What, it's 20 times, it's 200, because it's 20 times 10. And um, not all of them will be paid by their clubs. Some of them are paid by U.S. soccer. Right. So let's say, how much do you think a labor lawyer, how much do you think it costs to start a union? I mean, filing, there's got to be stuff that you got to file to be recognized by the National Labor Relations Board, so NLRB. And then you got to pay the hourly fee for a lawyer or possibly like a retainer. Um, I don't know what the NLRB uh, filing fee would be if there even is one, but... I would guess you would probably need minimum. I don't even know what lawyers charge. Let's say you get a lawyer that is, you know, not high end, but they charge like $200 an hour. Um, and they only do 50 hours of work for you over a year, which is not a lot. Like uh, 50 that's hours. That's a week. That's one hour a week. Over, so you're that's a very low end estimate. Right. So let's say 200 hours. 200 hours times... $40,000, right? It's essentially a year's salary. What's the size of the NWSL salary cap? What is it, $270-some-thousand dollars? Okay, I'm going to say $275,000. So forty grand would be 15% of that two seventy five. dollars Well, when you think about it, it's overall 10 teams. So technically, there's... What two point seven five million oh, yeah. in salary? Oh, yeah. Hold on one second. Spread out over all the players. Yeah. So then ten teams. Sorry. And essentially, that would mean each team needs to put in four grand, right? Yes. Forty grand would be less than two percent. Yeah, but four grand per team, spread out among twenty players. Twenty players. Two hundred bucks each, which is not terrible. Although and when you're and on... it's not like that's per paycheck. Like that is. And maybe that's just startup costs. Yeah, maybe it, it scales down over the years. Although when you're on ten grand, can kind of be the difference between you know eating for a week and not eating for a week. Well, and that makes me really question what the fuck is this NWSL Players Trust? I would like to get more information on that too. I think that's cool that some of the more fortunate players are like, we recognize this is a really unequal situation, so we're going to start a pool to distribute to the other players who maybe make shittier paychecks it would be cool to know about all the structuring of that and you know who controls the bank account and how it's dispersed and you know the timing the payments stuff like that sure and well i think the thing that jumps out to me the most is the who controls the bank account right where's the what's the financial oversight yeah like or just also who who is saying, yeah, we'll totally pay for this, but no, we're not going to pay for that. Because if it's if it's legitimately set up and players can actually turn to it in their time of need, like, oh, crap, my house had a fire. I need help. Like, is there a cap as to what players can ask for? I think there's probably got to be a cap. Un- unless it's not that situation, unless it's just a, 
um, everybody under a certain threshold gets an equal cut. So it's yeah, like, I just I I don't think it's a profit share. I, that to me is like a profit share. Hmm. Well, hopefully more info will come out about that. I did not expect to talk with you about money on this episode, but that's where the episode went. Right. I'm. It's the mindset I'm in right now. I mean, money is obviously a big issue because many, not all problems, but many problems would be partially solved with an injection of money. Because even if the salary cap just goes up to 300 grand, right? An extra 15 grand to spread around your lowest paid players. Like, so assume you're making 10 grand, suddenly you get 2,500 more. 10 to 12,000, 12, that's a pretty big leap. And, you know, it's still not a lot. It's still right on that poverty threshold, but it's 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 significant. Yeah, it you notice the difference there. Yeah, um, I want to learn more about this player's trust. Oh yeah, I I think the best of intentions are in it. I'm just really really curious about the logistics of it all on like a just like a professional level. I just want to know how it works. Yeah, I don't really want to like change it or modify it. I'm just like so who can put into that can i maybe just give you guys some money and you'll make sure it gets to the right people is is that right you know like instead of players doing gofundmes can we just help that way like at some point can the players trust at the end of the season look at how many minutes did unpaid amateurs play or how many times they suit up okay we want to advocate for them to receive repayment like not even repayment but like some sort of bonus yeah or like just some basic hourly wages like you played and trained this many hours and based on you know a 15 hour minimum wage you get this much something like that yeah can you imagine though how like the negative press that would come out about teams if like let's say portland we've got our three or four unpaid players and somebody else was actually paying them yeah i mean Merritt paulson did say that in the interview uh, in the article I wrote up, he's like, it's very hard for me. We've got fifteen, sixteen thousand 16,000 fans on average coming to a game, and I have to sit here and justify to the fans why I can't pay amateurs when we've got all right. this, you know? And it, it, he's just hamstrung by the, the current rules that are in place because he was right. There's nine other teams in the league. There's nine other owners, and everybody has different considerations and costs and resources. So you can't really judge the league by the top of the table in terms of you know amenities and salaries which would probably be portland and maybe orlando and houston you have to judge it by like what the least team is able to do yeah i just i want to like i want to create our own trust where we can have enough money in it to sponsor players you want to you know be what I mean? the administratrix of a trust? The executrix? Yeah, but I want it to be, like, not for existing players. Like, existing players, like, you, y'all could need to get your, like, act in order and get a, a union going and, and, you know, push and promote for that stuff. But even if those existing players do their thing, like, who's watching out for these unpaid players? You know, I, I want to learn more about, like, how who pays the fine if fans pass the hat i think a lot of amateurs i'm not saying all obviously but i think it's the case a lot of them probably have family support or they literally couldn't do what they do 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, soccer, you've written the article before about how affluent the soccer community has to be for youth soccer to be successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like we're not we're not doling out a lot of scholarships. And if we are, it's mostly on the men's side. And, you know, this is this is not a profession where somebody's going to pick and choose it because they see big dollar signs down the road. This is for the love of the game. Yeah, a lot of the solutions, I think, are just going to come with time as the league slowly builds, which sucks for players now. And I think a lot of them understand they're building a foundation for players four or five years from now. Um, They're just willing to make... It just sucks to go We just that's just the situation. Yeah, and it sucks that we're in year 4 and you know, we made it we made it this far and it's like fuck, we have so much farther to go. I know. I know. Well, you're in the middle. You can't it's you can't just look towards the goal and think oh, it's so far away. You got to at some point look behind and go, "Oh, look how far I've come." Just to just to keep your sanity, you you know. Look at you looking on the bright side of life. Uh, I have to. I've had a shitty day. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So that was NWSL, I think. (laughs) We went off on some tangents. Yeah, I don't think we'll go too much into results. Those were the bigger issues we wanted to cover. Um, The other big thing that happened is the Olympic roster finally came out. Were you surprised at all? No. Were you surprised at all? No. I was actually a little surprised Heather O'Reilly was on there. I think the moment that she was left off the Olympic qualifying roster, it was it was pretty sure that she wasn't going to make this one. Yeah. I well, hope. I mean, I, but her she's an alternate. Yeah, she is an alternate. Like I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I wasn't too surprised that she was an alternate. I mean, if she's not an alternate, who else do you put on that alternate list? Uh, somebody younger. Maybe. I mean, Heather O'Reilly's got that experience, and she's been here before and everything. And not that I, 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 she's one of my favorite players, but I was just like, oh, really? Like, she still made it? I think Jill maybe is bringing her along precisely for that, for the experience. She can be, like, a calm team leader, and she doesn't necessarily have the same pressure on her that the 18 rostered players do so you know instead of hey oh what midfielder in nwsl would you want to see or you know national team fringe player would you put in there aside from hail mm-hmm. um let me look at the roster here for a second because you're right i don't i don't have an amazing answer off the top of my head um i would totally pull one out of left field and go with like jen butzkowski butzkowski Maybe. I mean, um... She retired, you know, that's the only unfortunate thing. And mm-hmm. she never, like, got a... Did she ever get a call-up? I think she got called into camp once, maybe. But it would have been so long ago. Or maybe I'm thinking of Becky Edwards. See, this is the problem. Those people get called well, in once, like, once or twice, like Tim Rack, and then... I mean, looking at NWSL stat leaders, maybe... I mean, the, on- the only other person who was on the... In the pool, really, who was on the fringe, and... And could have gone on that alternates list outside of, you know, these NWSL long shots that we're talking about is Jaylene Hinkle. And I, I, you know, I think it became fairly clear a couple games ago, at least, that she wasn't going to make it. Yeah, I, I, Hinkle, Hinkle could have been on that list. Um, what about Taylor Lytle? 
Yeah. Or, or Jess McDonald. I know Jess McDonald's older. And if you're wanting to put a young kid in there to prepare for 2019, I'm sorry. That's just the way it shakes out. Jess McDonald. But she, she yeah. Been, you know. Not in the midfield, though. No, not in the midfield. Jess McDonald doesn't have the, no, the she's engine a forward. to do midfield work. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. Maybe is is our midfield like the weakest part of our team? I don't think so. Uh, I think Jasmine Spencer's been doing well for Orlando. As mad at her as I got when they were playing Boston. Right, God, Jasmine <laughs> Spencer. I was so scared of her when they came to Portland. I mean, talk about engine. That kid just I goes. Was- I was just like, somebody sit on her. <laughs> just sit on her, please. Take the red, not, sit on her. Not in like a bad way, not in like a stomp on her back sort of way, but I was just like, can somebody just please sit on her? Literally sit on her? Yeah. Just be like, oh, what's that on the turn? And then just sit on her. Oh, boom. Oh, I fall down. You know who she'd been on the, on the, in the pool? Tasha Kai. Tasha Kai. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine if, if Ellis something like that that would have been like the women's soccer fandom would have exploded exploded yeah it would have been it would have been mayhem had tasha kai or i'm trying to think of anybody else who possibly could have could have been on that i'm thinking like bueller or rampone like not even being in camp. Oh, Christy Rampone was named to the Olympic squad. She's like, but I thought I took myself off that list. <laughs> no, your country needs you, Christy. <laughs> You've been called up. This is like the draft. If that's the case, uh, can we get Fowdy back in there? Yeah, let's get uh, Macmillan. Let's get Mac Attack in there. Okay, so explain this to me. Like I'm a dummy. How the hell is Tiffany Weimer an amateur? Um, because that's the only way that she could stay involved with women's soccer without elbowing her way onto a, a full roster. I know, but how is she allowed? Like, how is that allowed within the rules that you can just get anybody? Like, that's like saying the Thorns can just have uh, players who happen to live in Portland because they are here. Or, you know, you can just kind of snag players who have retired because if so i'm gonna start licking players and saying calling them mine <laughs> all these french fries are mine i took one bite out of them they're all mine mm-hmm. all mine you don't want sloppy seconds just cough on this piece of chocolate cake you do not want my sloppy seconds yeah the olympic roster isn't wasn't wholly surprising it'll be interesting to see how we play against costa rica on friday um, do you want to do score predictions for that one? Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, last time we met Costa Rica, we whomped them like 5-0, and before that, 7-2, and I think 8-0. Yeah, we built a snowman at some point. So, and this team has probably been winding up for a bit for the Olympics. I think they're they're actually just traveling today, like, Kling might have snapped something. Um... But they've been in and out of camp. They're all match fit from being with their clubs, hopefully. I think it's going to be like 6-1. No, no, no. 4-1. 4-1. Because, I mean, think about the performance against South Africa. Yeah. I was going to say, last time we both went high mm-hmm. and they scored one goal. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. 
they'll they'll score a couple, and I think Costa Rica is going to get one back. Raquel Rodriguez is going to do something, and either she's going to score or she's going to set up like Shirley Cruz to score. Right. It it'll be exciting. Um, I think Costa Rica is always fun to watch if you know they're not playing us. You said four to one. I'm not gonna say I, I'm gonna say that they're not gonna score. Well, I don't know. JJ's on our defense. She's our wild card. Isn't that weird that JJ is our wild card? <laughs> I mean, ever since she scored an own goal in a World Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only that one time. Just the one time. Five five times later. Caused Germany to get a PK in the quarterfinal or semifinal or whatever. Um, I think I think it's going to be five to nothing. Oh, another 5-0. Okay. Yeah. I think Kansas City is going to show up and motivate them, and they're just going to absolutely dominate. I really want to see Costa Rica do well. They're a CONCACAF side that... I'm low-key, kind of high-key rooting for. I want to see their program develop. I want to see Amelia Valverde get rewarded for all the work that she's putting into that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want CONCACAF to become more competitive. I don't want it to just be USA, Canada, Mexico in that order for the rest well, of time. I mean, I want all of those things too, but I, I don't think we're there. No, we're definitely not there. I think in another cycle, around 2019, assuming Costa Rica keeps getting funded and, and making progress on a steady rate, the they might we would be making some very different score predictions, maybe much closer. Like you know what I want to do? What? I want USA to play Costa Rica in Costa Rica, and I want to go to that game. That would be baller. That would be fun. Do you want to answer the fan questions we missed from last time? Yeah, let's do it rapid fire style. Okay, this one's going to make you laugh. From Jacob oh Cristobal, how do you see the upcoming back-to-back between Seattle and Western New York turning out? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 being a Seattle fan that I am not, uh-huh. um, I think Seattle will walk away with one point. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think we saw how it turned out. I just think it's hilarious <laughs> that that was the question, and then it all fell out like that. So Right. Yeah, like Seattle couldn't even get a win at home. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by Seattle. Seattle had every reason to come out like all fired up and you know get payback or event or whatever, and they just the whole game was. (laughs) I feel like I feel like Western New York did their thing because Paul Riley wasn't there. Like Uh, I always feel that way. Every game he gets suspended for, and I think this is like the third one. uh Western New York shows up. All right. Uh, at Epsy Daisy, Cat asked, "What events would you love to see happen around the NWSL final? What's your dream ways of how they will promote it?" Which is a great question. Man. Um. So there's a dash game or a, a Dynamo game the night before. I would love if Houston were like, "Yeah, if you know, buy one get one free. Buy buy a ticket to the dynamo and come back for the dash the next night or something or for the championship next night like i kind of wish that that would be a promo but in events um i would love like a fan zone oh yeah they have like inflatables and soccer games we could play we could play bubble soccer yeah and and, like maybe a a beer garden that's roped off for 21 plus and yeah. yeah slip and slide Okay, just um, you're describing your like ultimate fantasy birthday party. I feel like, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, face painting. One thing that I do like that I've seen already is that uh, in NWSL games at halftime, sometimes you see this uh, um, promo. I think it's narrated by Melissa Henderson from The Dash. And it's really cool. It's like animated uh, like text promo where she has 60 seconds to explain what's going on with the NWSL final. I really, really like the commercial. It's like got good production value. It's it's pretty snappy, draws tension. So, and I like the starting it now. Um, yeah, I want to yeah, see more of totally. that. I want a night before the final big bar event thing. Not quite like what AO does. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets a little over the top for me. But I think it would be fun to you know have everybody who's either traveled in or hosting or whatever. Um, out to a bar. Um, I believe what that, are, that... What are some other things? I believe Jen Cooper, who uh, helps announce Houston Dash games or does color commentary, um, I believe she's doing an unofficial event, but I would love to see the league officially partner with her. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone like Jen Cooper, who, you know, is a is a trusted local source for um, doing fan stuff with the team's fans and with any traveling fans and clearly can handle the logistics of it, you know, to set up an official, yeah, a fan gathering the night before at a bar. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly even player meet and greet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. I concur. Next and last question. Michelle Fowler asks, which teams do you see in the top four when the league breaks for the Olympics? So which NWSL teams? Oh, so we only really have two more games, right? Before the like Olympic two break? More, two more weeks. Uh, yeah, so there's this upcoming weekend and then the end of July. So yeah, you're right. And right now, um, right now, yeah. top four is Portland, Spirit, Western New York, and Chicago. I think so. Portland's only had we only have one more game, mm-hmm. and that's against Seattle. So Seattle could potentially move up a little bit higher, but they're not going to break into the top four. Um, and uh. I don't imagine that. I mean, so I'm taking a literal stance on this. I probably shouldn't be. Okay. I think the top four right now are going to kind of remain the top four. I don't see Orlando really doing a lot with their Olympians out. Um, Sky Blue is really hot hot or cold. Like, it's hit or miss for those guys. Well, they're Um, playing Washington Spirit twice in a row for the next two weekends, so I don't see them picking up more than one or two points out of that. Yeah. Yeah, and then Spirit are gonna gonna stay up there. Chicago, Chicago's actually being really consistent this year. Yeah, they play Dash and FC Casey. I can see them picking up anywhere from at at least three, maybe four. I don't know about all six points. I could see them getting six, maybe actually. I could see them getting six points. Yeah. So, and then below that, Seattle Rain. That's the in the middle of the table they're playing they only have one more game against no they've got orlando and portland yeah they have two games and the way they've been playing lately i see them getting like one maybe three points out of that yeah i don't see them getting all six no so yeah the top four we have now maybe it might switch between portland and washington and new york at the top because they're so close to points but um yeah portland spirit flash chicago yeah, I don't really see another team making a run for it in the next few weeks. It's going to be really interesting once the Olympics are over, though, and seeing 
um, what Orlando does. I think Orlando is going to be the team that benefits the most once they get their players back Mm. Um, in terms of having the flexibility to advance into those into the top four. Okay. Well, that was tonight's episode. Gab, you got to run. We timed it I pretty got nice. To, got to bounce. Thanks for sending in your questions very, very long ago. We'll try to answer more questions for the next episode and remember to do it like adults. What? Like adults. This is our fun time. <laughs> we don't have to be adults for right now. All right. Go be an adult because you're not because we're, we're kids on the podcast. So. <laughs> so so leave me and go be an adult. All right. All right. Have a good one. I'm trying to, buddy. I'm trying.